Big runoff election in Georgia. Democrat Raphael Warnock, the Republican. Herschel Walker, we take it now to Georgia for an update. Wait, what's that? There is no update. No one knows what's going to happen. And everyone should just shut up already. Well, thank you for the update. We greatly appreciate it. Rarely do we hear something so incredibly, incredibly sound. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Ah. Woo. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the number. 833-GOT-TONY. You want the latest? I'll give you the latest. The last nine polls say Warnock is over 50%. And the last time I looked at polls, I got punched directly in the face. So if you don't mind me, I'm staying out. Oh, I'm staying as far away from this thing as humanly possible. But I won't stay away from all the people who are absolutely okay, like thrilled with attacking Herschel Walker, insulting his intelligence. If it wasn't Democrats doing it, you would swear it was racist. You would swear that it was racist. The way uh, they 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 talk about it, and then you get conversations from Joy Reid, MSNBC, like uh, like this. Black people are upset. They're actually they feel insulted. They feel insulted that here the Republicans would actually pick a candidate, and because he was a ball player, that in some way that we would and and if they planted this narrative that black men were not going to vote or yeah. were upset with the Democratic Party, that those two things would be enough yeah. for us to be fooled. We're far more sophisticated voters than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's a guess of Joy Reid's. Herschel Walker was selected because he played football. You can argue that the football gave him an immense popularity in Georgia. I don't think that's a deniable thing, but that's about the selection of celebrity writ large. Celebrity, uh, you 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 want to talk about Michelle Obama as a possible presidential candidate? You can. Never held elected office in her life. You want to talk about Oprah? Oprah? Oprah. Celebrity. They bring up The Rock. Dwayne Johnson is someone who could run for president. Why? Why? So after every piece of legislation that he signs, he can sing, you're welcome. Celebrity gets people excited. Celebrity is not necessarily bigotry, but let's leave it to MSNBC. Yeah. And there's a certain level of, of feeling insulted, yeah. and that is racist, yeah. right? And I think that's a motivating factor. And then there's a, also a motivating factor of who Warnock is. Warnock is a Southern Baptist preacher who is the minister of Martin Luther King's church. Right. Right? At the end of the day, that's a lot of history. That's a lot of connectivity to who we are, our history, and our centering in the community in the South. And so those things are working where I think black folks are saying enough is enough. Yeah. We can show you better than we can tell you. There's, there there is a certain, and I've heard this from a lot of black men, even if they're not in Georgia, there's a certain disrespect that a lot of black men in particular feel about particularly the way that Walker has been walked around right. by people like Lindsey Graham and sort of used and put forward. They don't seem to respect him and they don't seem to respect. 
So if you're a black man who runs for office in Georgia, the left is going to say you're a token of the white people who put you there. (sighs) And you wonder why I'm staying out of this. I don't know. I do not know if black men feel insulted by the selection of Herschel Walker. Do you? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. You feel insulted by the selection of Herschel Walker? I want to know if you're insulted uh, by Joy Reid and her black guests who want to tell you as a black man or as a black woman how you're supposed to black feel. I, I, I guess that's what it is. It's like when the Anti-Defamation League tries to do it for me. Uh, they, they, they don't know how I Jewish feel because, again, I feel. I don't think I Jewish feel or man feel or white feel or whatever other thing I can utilize as a descriptor or you could utilize as a descriptor. Maybe you just feel and maybe it doesn't match up with where for me other Jews are, for you other black people are, you or other women are, you or other Hispanics are, etc. Why can't you have your own mind? They don't even begin to allow that. I'm supposed to supposed to vote for Raphael Warnock because he's a preacher? This is... Why I'm supposed to do it? That seems odd. And if you want to talk to me about his church, isn't he the one who's engaging in evictions of people who couldn't make uh, payments while he's getting over $7,000 a month as a living expense? Should we talk about, going back to 2020, the issues of Raphael Warnock and anti-Semitism? Or is that just fine? Because that's how the black community of the South is centered. Who the hell would say such a thing? Uh, uh, the, the Joy Reid guest. Joy Reid guest is totally uh, fine with it. Raphael Warnock, who said of Israel, occupation today, occupation tomorrow, occupation for forever which is uh, uh, a move towards uh, uh, George Wallace. Segregationist, former governor of Alabama, who uh, said at the time, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Is this it? The, you're, you're the guy we're supposed to vote, vote for? A guy who is ignorant enough to think that Israel's an occupier because you hang out with people like Representative Rashida Tlaib and Representative Ilhan Omar, Representative Andre Carson, all of whom are either uh, bigots, uh, anti-Semites, or support anti-Semites. I don't, I don't believe that black voters are supposed to think that that's just, oh, that's, that's just who we are. That's messed up. One of the things that this election shows is is the, the depravity in the idea of identity politics. If you ask me if I think Herschel Walker is the strongest candidate the Republicans could have put forth in Georgia, the answer is no. If you ask me if Oprah Winfrey would be the strongest candidate the Democrats could put forward for America, the answer would be no. No. Of course not. Don't be silly. But he can't be voted for because he's being led around by white men because he's just a token and isn't really black is some messed up bigotry crap. But this is Joy Reid's stock and trade.
I think the bigger question is why why is this something that is is this a position of, of value? Is this something that you really want to try and sell to America, share with America, push on America? Do the do people want this? Maybe it has to be thought of a little bit differently. All of this identity politic talk. What if people really like the identity? Here I am in absolute opposition to the identity politics that Joy Reid and her guests are are engaging in. But what if there are black Americans who want to be identified just like this? I, for all the talk that's been going on regarding anti-Semitism and, oh, you've got some latest Kanye that's just... He's 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 precious, and when I say precious, uh, I, I I mean honestly, keep him under glass, far away from civilization. Am I to believe that my identity is really all about my religion? Because I've met many many other Jews who not only disagree with me politically, but hate me for my politics. Hate me. The, it's not that we disagree; they hate. Me. I left a synagogue because, dear Lord, this was uncomfortable. And then uh, the, 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 the rabbis and, and, and clergy there, if you want to call them that, uh, didn't really, I, I think, represent me or, or, or to, in, in my view, Judaism well. Right? So a fair amount of that is, is my decision to make. But, dear Lord, you know when you're getting looked at. You, you, you know it. And you could say, oh, Tony, that's just you. My wife noticed it. You don't know my wife. You just got to trust me. If she notices it, it's there. <laughs> this isn't just me uh, in, in a thing. But I, I would never think that, that just because I'm Jewish that somehow there's a way to think. But they're putting forth the argument at MSNBC that if you're black, there's a way to think. Were black men, are black men insulted by the candidacy of Herschel Walker? I mean, that's a that's a a, a statement. I guess I, I get that. I get that it's a statement. But is there any truth to it? Or is this just something you say and autonom- automatons just shake their head in agreement and that's it? I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer, but every time I hear her say that, every time I hear Joy Joy Reid engage in the bigotry, I am less convinced that she's trying to bring about a great conversation in America and more convinced that her plan is just to be rabid. That it is less based on intellectual uh, insight and more based on just, well, hate. Whether it is contrived or actual, this I cannot determine. Weird thing to say about someone, they're just a token. Weird thing to say about someone, oh, they're just there because some white person. Oh, because because it, there's a follow-up to that, which is Joy Reid and MSNBC saying Herschel Walker isn't, and feel the air quotes, really black. Now, if you say to me I disagree with him about policy, okay. 
If you say to me, he's got some personal things that I don't like, like, for example, the abortions, I'll say to you, okay. I've got many things that I don't like about uh, Raphael Warnock on a uh, political side, on, on a policy side, and, of course, uh, his bigotry connections, a little too much for me. Never questioned whether or not the man was black. But there's MSNBC to do exactly that, yet somehow it's everybody else who's bigoted. Yeah, I'm, stick- I'm staying away from this. No idea how the runoff is going to go. I wish Herschel Walker the very best. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. This SCOTUS case, incredibly, incredibly important. Heard Monday uh, the case of this graphic artist, Christian Objecting to designing wedding websites for gay couples. Well, as you know, you're not allowed to say no. You have to decorate the cake. That case against Masterpiece Cake Shop, Jack Phillips, the baker, went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court went very, very narrow on the ruling saying that he didn't have to decorate the cake. But really, this becomes an argument about the public accommodation and the idea that you have to serve the person in front of you. But yet I can show you a restaurant that refused to uh, serve a Christian ministry because gay staff members, LGBT staff members, refused to provide service. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. So in some cases, it's very okay to refuse service. And in other cases, they will sue you into complying and force you, compel speech from you, telling you you don't have the right to say no. They believe, when I say they, we're talking about progressives, that they are moral and they believe you have no rights. What a weird thing to do. Now, I say this as somebody who absolutely opposes the public accommodation. And I know, I know if you watched my video yesterday over there at Rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz, I, I, I may be alone on this. I may be the first person to discuss this um, out loud. Uh, the public accommodation takes away the actual concepts of freedom. And I should be clear, and as I always am, I don't think it's smart to say, hey, I'm not going to serve you because you're Jewish. I think that's messed up. I think as a business owner, you should be allowed to do it. I don't think it's good business. I don't think it's smart. I don't think it's valuable. I believe that as a business owner, you've invested your dollars. You should be allowed to say no. You don't want to serve me because I'm Jewish? You don't want to serve me because I'm a conservative? Don't. You don't want to serve someone because they're gay or because they're white or because they're black or because they're a woman or because they're this or that? Don't. Now, I think the numbers of those people, of numbers of businesses that won't serve, is a very, very small number. But I believe they should have the right to. When they threw out Sarah Huckabee Sanders, they don't want to serve her. I believe they had that right. This group here, the Metzger Bar and Butchery, they have the absolute right to say no. Because the public accommodation takes away from the importance of liberty. The importance of freedom and how ugly it is, but it is the best game going. It is the Supreme Court stating that we shouldn't have to look at the ugly people. 
We'll close our eyes to it and we'll pretend that that's good. It's not actually good. Because it doesn't apply in the same ways. Understand that under current law, the Metzger Bar and Butchery that canceled a Christian ministry's private party, they should be sued out of existence under current law. Who the hell are they not to serve Christians? Those bigots. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you march in a parade. I don't care if you have a poster of RuPaul in your bedroom. Serve the Christian with a smile. And make sure their soup is hot. And I'm not talking about Fight Club soup. I'm talking about edible soup. Now, anybody who wants to argue that with me is more than welcome to. But if you tell me that you shouldn't have to serve people you consider bigots, you shouldn't have to provide for people who, with whom you have moral objection. And therefore, you don't have to design the website. And if you can't figure out that those things connect, you're as unserious as the day is long. This was the Colorado Solicitor General, that's the person who argues in front of the Supreme Court, and Neil Gorsuch, the the justice, holy moly. I'm I'm looking for the distinction between the two cases. One you say is okay, the other one not okay. Because the company, unlike our first example of the the speechwriter, The company here says, in no uncertain terms, will they ever sell a company, a, a, a product or a service to a same-sex couple. No, what websites. they say is we will not sell to anyone, anyone, a, a message that I disagree with as a matter of religious faith, just as a speechwriter says, or the press release writer, the freelance writer says, I will not sell to anyone a speech that offends my religious beliefs. But here, they are defining their service by excluding someone based on their... That's their religious belief. You can't change their religious belief, right? No, but... but, And you protect religious beliefs under the statute, right? That is one of the protected characteristics, in theory. And in practice. If it wasn't in practice, we had heard about it over over the past several years, and and my friend has pointed to no example where this has been applied... Mr. Phillips did go through a re-education training program pursuant to Colorado law, did he not, Mr. Olson? He went through a, a process that ensured he was familiar it with... It was a re-education program, right? It was not a re-education program. What do you Mr. call it? It was a process to make sure he was familiar with Colorado law. Someone might be excused for calling that a re-education I strongly program. disagree, Justice Gorsuch. Thank you, Mr. Olson. That was brutal. That was brutal from Justice Gorsuch, that Jack Phillips Masterpiece Cake Shop went through a re-education program. That's exactly what it was. He called it what it was. They've got it worked out that they're allowed to disagree about anything, but if you disagree, you go through a camp. This all falls into a disintegration of Western civilization, Western culture. Michael Walsh is the author and editor of a book called Against the Grace Reset. We discuss what it is, how it's happening, and how it applies to so many areas in your life. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So in all of the madness of Twitter, the madness of Kanye West, what did Trump say? Who's running for this? We forget that there are some bigger things happening. And some extremely dangerous things happening. 
And these things involve how we are going to live our lives now and in the future. They're, they're based and predicated on the idea that some people truly believe that they know best for us. There is a way for us the mere people to do things and somehow they because of dollars or because of position actually believe that they know better how we should live and they want to tell us not only do they want to tell us they want to codify it they are desirous of engaging in a way that says we no longer have the autonomy for X, we must do Y. These are the same people who believe you will have less in the future and you will be thankful. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Michael Walsh joins us right now, the screenwriter, the author, his latest book where he was the editor, Against the Great Reset, 18 Theses Contra the New World Order, and there are excerpts from the book going on at his site, The Pipeline, v-pipeline.org, the latest, Green Energy and the Future of Transportation. Michael, it's it's always a a pleasure. You can find the book, by the way, Against the Great Reset at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. Let's start with the basics. What is the concept of the Great Reset? Who is Klaus Schwab, who is bad guy number one in this conversation, very much in that Soros kind of vein? And then what is the book trying to do? Good. Well, lots of lots of things to unpack here, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Uh, the Great Reset uh, is a plan by the World Economic Forum, and it's a very public plan, by the way. You can go to their website and wef.com or whatever it is and see it uh, is a plan to basically uh, take over control of the world's economy and thereby dictate how people will live in the future. Their slogan, uh, as you just paraphrased it, is you'll own nothing and be happy. (laughs) And that's an order or else basically is the implication. Uh, It's run by a man named Klaus Schwab, who is a aging uh, German industrialist and economist. There are some misperceptions on Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere that he is the son of a former SS officer uh, during the Second World War, but that is actually incorrect. And and I hate to see when conservatives start spreading misinformation uh, because there's plenty to hate about him without uh, without that misperception, uh, he runs uh, something called the World Economic Forum. It's based in Switzerland. Every year, until recently, until COVID, they would have a big meeting in Davos, which is a small village, uh, one of the highest villages in the world, actually, and certainly in Europe, uh, where they all fly in on their private planes to talk about climate change uh, and how they're going to prevent you, Tony, me, and everybody listening from living the lifestyle that you become accustomed to as an American. It's, it's a highly anti-American uh, organization, and it is pushing, pushing, pushing. It has very influential people around the world who owe their careers to it, one of whom is everyone's least favorite Canadian of all time, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. They run young, bright people through their, their sort of training seminars, and uh, out they come, the other side, uh, fully formed Mussolini-style fascist. And by that, I mean, and not the loaded word fascism, but 
the notion that in industry and government should act together and enforce the rules of order. This is what the National Socialists tried to do in Germany. This is what the Italian fascists tried to do in Italy. It was the model that effectively lost out during World War II and was replaced by international communism. But as that has failed, we're back to fascism again. And here we are. So our book is uh, uh, 17 writers from around the world, all of whom are pretty prominent, uh, or some very, very prominent conservative intellectual circles, taking apart each element of the Great Reset, essay by essay, to show you this is really something you don't want. Talking to Michael Walsh, he is the editor of Against the Great Reset, 18 Theses Contra the New World Order. You can get that at Amazon.com. One of the people in this book is James Polis, who I had the pleasure of working with back in the PJTV days. I knew he was smarter than me then, and he's smarter than me now, and for that alone, it's a reason to buy the book. The website you're referring to, Michael, uh, is WE Forum for World Economic Forum. And just before we get into the piece over there, at the pipeline, just to give an example of what we're talking about here, they have a whole uh, conversation about measuring stakeholder capitalism. I make the argument repeatedly that anytime you put any kind of descriptor on capitalism, you're bastardizing what it is. You're no longer talking about capitalism. But this stakeholder concept is where they try and engage a socialism to capitalism by saying that even if you're not somebody financially involved or doing the actual work, somehow you deserve the results or should have a say in the thing. That's right. Uh, in fact, that's I think next week's excerpt will be a wonderful essay by Alberto Mingardi on the very concept of stakeholder capitalism. So you've just adumbrated it perfectly. The quick version of that is that that corporations are now not responsible, uh, fiduciarily responsible to their investors, the hell with their investors. They're more responsible to the people who live in the community, people who might use their products, people who might somehow be affected by unicorns uh, at the North Pole on a melting glacier. And so they have extended the sphere of corporate governance to everything rather than, you know, corporate governance. This is how evil this thing is. And this is where you get concepts of ESG, environmental social governance, and we're seeing that play out, whether it's in your local town or in your state or nationwide with groups like BlackRock and et cetera. But over there at the Pipeline, which is a wonderful site, the-pipeline.org, that's where where you are the capo de tutti capo, and you are doing the excerpts from the book, and you did one on green energy in the future of transportation. This falls into the same, everything falls into the same category about how others are going to decide how you shop, they're going to decide how you eat, and in this, of course, they're going to decide how you move and to where? Yes, correct. Well, the, the electric vehicle, of course, is the classic example of it. Nobody wants the damn thing in the first place, but it's being forced on people by places like California, which is a fascist state now, that will outright ban gasoline-powered cars at some point in the future. This is happening in Europe all over the place, in my own beloved Ireland. Uh, they have decided to outlaw the sale of gasoline-fired cars 
by some date in the future, relatively soon, within 10 years. So they want to boss everybody around. But the, e the electric vehicle, you're supposed to plug into a grid that they also simultaneously tell you is completely overwhelmed, very vulnerable to terrorist attacks, as we just saw in North Carolina the other day. And so please don't plug in your car. Well, what does that tell you, Tommy? They don't want you going anywhere. And the better part about the electric vehicle is they can determine where it will go. So if you live in a world of driverless cars, which is something that Salvatore Babonis, who wrote our essay today, has brought up, you'll go where they want you to go, maybe. You won't be able to get in your car and drive to go see grandma. That is gone, baby, gone. Uh, you, you will be dictated to in every facet of your life. And as you know, when they can control your transportation, uh, they control you. You're essentially under house arrest for the rest of your life. Now, I want to relate this to some other things you've done. And, and uh, whether it's your phone or something else is rubbing up against something. If you could just move it a little bit, I'd appreciate the daylights out of it. Um, sure. You're the guy who wrote The Devil's Pleasure Palace, and you followed that up with The Fiery Angels. So you're, while you have a, a screenwriting history, while you have uh, a, a history as being a music critic, you have this long, involved, kind of fascinating story. Um, you have been engaged in these conversations. You know, The Devil's Pleasure Palace, which you can find at Amazon.com. You wrote back in 2017, The Cult right. of Critical Theory and the Subversion of the West, all of these things that you've been writing about recently over the past five, six years involve a subversion of how we believe a, a, a free society should be engaged, how we want to live and instead are being told how to live. But it's its roots uh, in terms of how it's been able to take hold come from academia and come from the the schools of thought going back to Germany in the 30s and, 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 and other places about how you engage the manipulation of the mind to get people to believe that less is more, that bad is good, that whole 180 degree thing. How, in, in, if you could in short, how does it play yeah. out then and how do you see it playing out now as you write against the Great Reset? Well, they always use the same techniques on us, Tony. They, they tell us this is for not only for our own good, but good for the planet. This is their latest, of course, the environmentalist crazies. Uh, it's good for the planet. It's good for this. It's good for that. It's the right thing to do. Uh, this is who we are. You know, remember Obama would never stop talking about that's not who we are. This is who we are. Well, you know what? It's, it's not. That's your opinion. And you were a transient president of the United States, and now you're gone, thank God. But his, his awful influence lives on in that sort of hectoring, moral, quasi-moral, I should say, tone in which they want to dictate to you. Now, the question for the audience is, are you an American or are you not? Do you want to be a European-style, uh, big government, technocratic uh, cog in the machine, which is what communism and socialism and national socialism and every one of these movements that's come out of Central Europe since Marx was a baby? Or do you want to be a free American who comes and goes as he pleases? Well, we've given that up very slowly, but very gradually and very distinctly since the Frankfurt School, whom you mentioned and is the subject of the Devil's Pleasure Palace, arrived in the United States in 
the 1930s. And their influence continues to live on. And it just it seems to be unstoppable. I, I think in the end, uh, we're going to find out that we lost the Cold War to the Soviets. It's just that they all basically moved to the West and have uh, socialized uh, Western European culture and in order for it to kill itself, you see this with the declining birth rates, with huge mass immigration, that they just are unwilling to stop. And there's a reason for that as well. They're, they're very, very anti-Western. And obviously this fight goes back to God knows thousands of years, I would say. And we're in the middle of it, Tony. And I guess that's the lot of life for all of us is we're always going to be in in the middle of a fight between good and evil, which is what this is. So this is where it gets kind of fascinating for me. Talking to Michael Walsh, he is the editor of Against the Great Reset, 18 Theses (laughs) Contra the New World Order. You can find that at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Against the Great Reset, 18 Theses Contra the New World Order. Order that today. Perfect Christmas gift. It's that if you want to argue that these people moved to the West, these communists moved to the West, they are now engaged not with the destroying an enemy, they're engaged with destroying where they are, their own lives, their own betterments. Clearly, the mind sees one thing works and one thing doesn't, yet we see people constantly, consistently move towards the thing that doesn't work out of just this sheer radical hatred of the thing that does. Why is it that they don't learn? That's a real moral question, isn't it, Tony? It's even a theological question. You could go back to the literary descriptions of the war between God and Satan, which we find in Genesis, for example. We find that in Milton's Paradise Lost, that some men just want to watch the world burn, as the line from Batman goes. And that's the truth. And these guys come, and they decide they will move to a safe haven and then destroy it, just for the sheer heck of it. And, and that's inconceivable to people like you and me, yet it's very much true. And, and people need to understand what this threat is. It is an eternal threat, and you know the price of uh, freedom is eternal vigilance. And here we are. You see it now. There's a famous law, uh, one of, uh, it's actually O'Sullivan. Well, O'Sullivan's law is that any institution that's not explicitly conservative will ultimately become liberal over time. And the third law, Robert Conquest's third law, is assume that any uh, government or large institution is controlled by a cabal of its enemies, which is where we are now with the Biden administration. If you look at who he's appointed, at every step of the way, he's rubbed Americans' face in his appointments, who they are, what they stand for, what they do, what they say, what they're allowed to say. And they've systematically crushed the opposition, starting with Trump in 2020 and just the recent elections, which, of course, turned out to be radically different from what we thought they were going to be. Uh, they, they, they don't stop, Tony. They just keep on coming at you. And you've got to figure out where do you make a stand against this? Well, one of the places I've discussed is that you can't say you don't like early voting. I don't. You don't. You don't like uh, ballot harvesting. I don't. You don't like. Oh, right. you, you have to do the things. 
if they're legal things, you have to do the things to try and compete in the same world and then get the power, and then you can put an end to these practices. Well, that's that's one way to do it. I've written two columns about the elections in which I've said to people on our side who are hysterical, the, the election was stolen. I don't want to hear another word about a stolen election. You know why? Because the steel is built into the system. The system, as I wrote recently on the pipeline, is the steel. It's early things. It's curating. It's ballot harvesting. It's drop boxes. It's two weeks before the election, a month before the election. No, all of that has to be stopped or you will never win again. That's it. They know exactly how many votes they need. They get them in the boxes well in advance. And then uh, Trump did something that was quite foolish, which was to say, you know, everybody, you stay home until Election Day and then come out in force. At that point, the election was already lost. And our side has got to understand this. You clearly do. And I hope your listeners do, too. You cannot give into it. You cannot give into the stuff like ranked choice voting, which gave Alaska, a state that's 99 percent Republican, a Democrat member of Congress, because it's a way to manipulate votes legally and right in your face. And yet people don't do it. One vote, one man, one vote, one day, one time, ID only, that purple finger, paper ballots only. That's the only way you're ever going to have a free and fair election again. Purple finger, that's an Iraq reference right there. Michael Walsh, Against the Great Reset, is the book, 18 Theses Contra the New World Order. Find it at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Michael Walsh, I appreciate you taking the time. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Every single time I speak to Michael Walsh, I go long. I get into the conversation, into the thing. Um, I think there are a lot of people on this Great Reset conversation who are like, oh, it's, it's boogeyman kind of stuff. It's just not. There are people who really believe they know best for you and want to dictate to you how you should do things, how you should live. The rules affect you, not them. It is dangerous what some of this is and well we have to guard against it more coming up keep it right here this is tony katz today if you run a small business you need the most from every investment that's why comcast business gives you more like more innovation with our new gig speed wi-fi plus unlimited data more speed from the largest fastest reliable network for small businesses and more savings up to 60% a year with Comcast Business Mobile. All from the company that powers more businesses than any other provider. When you need more, you need Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Get started with internet and advanced security for just $40 per month for 12 months with no annual contract when you add mobile. Plus, ask how to get a $750 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Ends 1-1-2023. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Compare pricing of top carriers. Requires EcoBill and AutoPay. Comcast Business Internet required. New Comcast Business 100 megabits per second internet and security edge customers only. Equipment taxes and other fees extra and subject to change. Must add mobile within 90 days of internet install and keep services for 12 months for discount. Results vary. Not an endorsement. Nobody cares for you like family. Family, Katie, and Ed. 
Hey, this is Malia. We often get asked when is the best time to buy, and the answer is today, not tomorrow. With rising utility costs, rising product costs, and missed opportunity costs, which you could be saving with a high efficiency system, give us a call today to schedule your free in-depth estimate three one seven five seven seven eight zero seven seven. Family Heating and Air is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Staples stores are a new world of possible with innovative tools for small business and remote workers and learners. Explore more at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Want to save 25 to 75% on your diamond? Come see Pierce Jewelers in Carmel before you spend your hard-earned money somewhere else. Shop local, shop smart, shop Pierce Jewelers. There are screening tests to catch cancer early. Visit cancer.org slash get screened. Broadcasting from the Shepherd Community Center Studio, this is Indy's Mobile News, 93 WIPC, WIPC HD1, Indianapolis. The news starts 